Today, though, celebrating 11 years, it gets, it gets emotional, man. It gets exciting uh, because so much has happened through the years. And I can say that the reason that we have made it 11 years, the reason that we've been able to do all that we do and continue to do what we do is our dream team and our staff. I want all of our dream team. If you serve anywhere here on the dream team, I want you to stand to your feet because we can't do it without you. Yes, indeed. Hey, how many of y'all standing serving kids? Just wave at me if you're serving kids. Let me tell you how many kids we have today. There are 62 kids today. I know you're all sitting there saying, man, I wish I was in there. And so, but I, I can say this, and, and, and I know Cynthia echoes this with me, that there is no way possible to, to start a church, to build a church without people and some committed people that just go the extra mile. And today was a little emotional uh, seeing Kevin up here. Today's Kevin's last day leading worship with us. Where's Kevin at? Is he? Oh, there, there he is. Hey, Kevin. And we, we were betting. Kevin, did you get emotional? Yeah, he did. So I won the, uh, the pool. All right. He cried. He says he didn't, but he did. And so today's his last day leading us in worship. And so just so thankful for him and Michelle and uh, 11 years, man. And so uh, those kinds of things, you know, just make it all emotional. But um, just so thankful for all the people that serve in every capacity from big to small, because it takes it takes all of us. And, and the core value at our huddles together uh, today was life is better together. And, and, and our church is better because we did this together. You know what I'm saying? We did this together. And I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who serves, everyone who gives, everyone that just says, let's do this. Let's make Emerge Church happen. Because uh, it, it, if it's not for you, we can't do this. I mean, Cynthia and I, we, we claim to be pretty good, but we ain't that good. You know what I'm saying? I thought y'all would laugh or clap or something, but it's okay. So today what we're doing, uh, the Lord put it on my heart to have some other people share today. Not just us, but to have some other people share and so I, I had this idea from an art conference that we went to several years ago, and uh, they did a seven for seven. And I said, oh, we don't have time for that because I want to talk too. And so uh, I said, we could do a five for five. And so today we're going to do this uh, five for five, and we're going to start with Cynthia. And I'm going to introduce her. This is my wife, and she leads up our sisterhood ministry here. And she also leads up... She leads up the ministry. I'm sorry, babe. I'm taking your notes from you. She leads up the ministry at our home. Can I get an amen? Come on. Hey, you got to have somebody in your life that makes sure you get where you're supposed to be. Am I right? Because uh, sometimes, I don't know, man. And so the Lord blessed us. Hold on, baby. That's not the right page. Okay. And so, see? She's getting us where we're supposed to go. And... As, as much help as all the Dream Team and all the staff has been, um, what, what you haven't seen is the hours of sacrifice and the hours of support that Cynthia has given to this church, has given to me, not just as her husband, but also as pastor and, and to so many other people as well. And, you know, they say behind every good man is an incredible woman. And I think it's the same for a church because I do believe you got to have a good pastor, but you got to have a good pastor's wife mother of the house. And so she's going to share for a few minutes with you today. All right. Well, good morning again. 
<laughs> so what Wade has asked us to do um, today, the five of us that are going to speak for five minutes, start praying now that we all can only speak for five minutes, right, is to share what our one prayer for our church is. And my one prayer for Emerge Church is that the people of Emerge Church would truly know who they are. Um, this is something I struggled with my entire childhood. Who am I? Who am I? And so being adopted, that was a big struggle for me. And so being adopted into a very unhealthy, uh, unstable home really shook my foundation of who I was. And moving from house to house um, every couple of weeks really made me question who I belonged to. And so this is something I struggled with for a very, very long time. Who am I? And so um, luckily at the age of 20, a very broken, um, very lost young adult that I was, I ran to an altar at a church service and gave my life to Jesus. And absolutely everything changed. Everything changed. I became 100% committed to Jesus because for the first time in my life, I began to feel like, wait a minute, this is someone that loves me. This is someone that accepts me. This is someone that I belong to. And so it took me until my young 20s to start to try and figure out who I I was. And as a young Christian, I began to dive into the Word of God. I was taught to read the Word of God. Let the Word of God become alive and real in your life. And I I was the girl that believed absolutely everything that people would say to me because I was so hungry to find out who I was and actually belong somewheres. And so um, I began to take that word of God and I would hold on to it tightly. And one scripture that I want to share with you today, and I want you to write this scripture down, um, is Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And this is one of the scriptures that I held on to um, when I was trying to figure out who I was. And it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. I want to say that again. So that he did it. So that he could adopt us, me and you, as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. That's like calling out Daddy, right? You are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And when I hear this scripture, when I was really young trying to figure out what was going on and who I was, it was easy for me to hear this scripture and kind of take it on because being adopted, I kind of knew how that worked, right? I had lived that life. And so it was easy for me to grab hold to this scripture that he was adopting me and making me his heir. And um, even though my adoption story was not a textbook or something that you might see on the Hallmark Channel tonight, um, God was still after me. God was still searching for me. And even though I couldn't find him, he found me. And so I began to really search and try to figure out who I was. And so my challenge to you today is to figure out who you are, who 
you are and what you have been called to do. The spiritual battle that many people are facing right now is trying to figure out that very question. It is a spiritual battle. It's not something that you have brought up in your mind. It's not something that, well, I mean, I know who I am, but I'm talking about who God has created you to be, who you truly are. And so I believe that is the biggest spiritual battle. And guess what? We were not the first ones that have fought this battle because the very first thing um, Adam and Eve uh, heard, one of the first things they heard in the garden from Satan himself was questioning their identity. So this has been going on for a long time, us questioning who we are. But what we have to decide today is that we're going to take a stand Uh, from the voices in our head. Amen. We're going to take a stand and begin to quote that scripture in Galatians 4 over our life that we know exactly who we are. We're going to use uh, God's word as a tool and a weapon to come against the enemy and claim who we are. I am a son and a daughter of God. I am his heir. And that is so important. Um, when you're not confident in who you are, that's what you're going to start quoting. And, you know, we're going to quote it the way that Jesus even spoke to the devil himself. He would say, it is written. It is written. And so that's what I had to do. And that's what I encourage you to do, to say, it is written in Galatians 4 that I am a true, legitimate, real, full daughter of God, son of God. I know exactly who I am. I am his heir. So I have the same inheritance as Jesus. Sometimes we think, oh, wait a minute. I don't, I don't have the same as Jesus because we know ourselves, right? I know me very well, and it's hard to say those things, but that's what the Word of God says about us. That's what the Word of God speaks, and we are going to speak it not only over our lives, but we want the enemy to hear that we say it is written in Galatians 4, who I am. I am a child of God, not a half child, but a real full, legitimate real child of God. That is who I am. And you know, um, I don't know how you do your taxes, but um, Wade and I file jointly, right? It says in the word, we are joint heirs with Jesus. And guess what? If I owe taxes, Wade Moran owes taxes, right? That's how it works. Joint heir with Jesus. We have to think about it in today's terms. It's not just reading words on on a a, a page and hoping that they come alive in our heart. It's being able to apply it and realize what does that mean to me? What does that mean in my life? We are joint heirs with Jesus and his inheritance is my inheritance. And when we know who we are, we're going to speak differently. We're going to act differently. We're going to start forgiving the way that God forgives. We're going to stop comparing. We're going to be set free from jealousy. We're going to overcome temptation. And my favorite is his authority, we're going to realize is our authority. Jesus's authority is our authority. We sang about it this morning, right? And so he can and we can and we will do great things for the kingdom of God when we realize who we are. Amen. When it comes to our identity, many Christians, I believe, are bound up but we need to speak up. 
We're bound up, but we need to speak up. This is the time to speak up and know who you are and what your assignment is. It's okay to believe Galatians 4 over your life. And so right now, as I'm closing, I just want to pray the spirit of adoption over this church, over Emerge Church. Father, I thank you, God, that you have adopted us as your own. Church, I challenge you to take your rightful place in the name of Jesus. Start praying like heaven is fixing to move things around for you the way that we move things around for our own kids. That's what heaven is going to do for you. And you cannot lose when you know who you are. So rise up and take your place at the Father's table. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen now. She starts that finger point. You better get with it. That was good. I mean, Father, bless this service. Amen. I mean, that was good. So what they're sharing today is their one prayer for Emerge Church. And, and I love hearing this because it's not just a topic they came, that came to mind. This is coming from their lives. And so the next person that's going to come and share what is one prayer for Emerge Church is Benjamin. Benjamin is pastor in training, PIT. You got some, you going note list today, man? Oh, okay, good. Because uh, something went over a couple minutes. That's okay. She can do that. Y'all ready to hear Benjamin? All right, Benjamin, share it. I can borrow some minutes from whoever's behind me. So I, I, I love uh, how real and authentic your point is, and, and I think that that's so um, important that, that we apply it and we own it because it just makes it that more tangible and, 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 and that more real. And, and that's, that's where I want to um, offer my prayer for our church to you guys today. Um, I did not grow up in church we attended, you know, obviously Christmas, obviously Easter, but I mean, like, I, we would go, you know, youth group, and like, I even like wore, I grew up to a Methodist church and wore the little acolyte, you know, light the candles, and so like, I was, I was there, I was in attendance, um, but you, you couldn't, you couldn't describe me as, as serving, and so my one prayer for our church is that we would be a church that serves, and, and the Lord put a, a verse uh, on my heart that I want to share with you. And to Wade's point, Cynthia may or may not have gone over her allotted five minutes. You don't have to write down the entire scripture, but there are two words in this scripture that I do want you to write down. I want you to remember these, and it's from Matthew 20. Matthew 20, verses 26 through 28 reads, But among you it will be different. That's the first word, different. Write that word down. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That's the second word. I want you to write that word, serve. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. As I mentioned, 
my, my childhood or my previous experience at church was a lot like um, a spectator sport. And that's my conditioning when I started to come to Emerge. It was always good, right? Like, like the location was good. We were at Gilcrest. You know, the music was good. The messages were good. We even had bagel bites in the, in, in the lobby before you would come in. Those were good. You know, pandemic changed a lot. You know, it's gone. But we got king cake today. Amen. And so, you know, it was, it was good. Hospitality was friendly. It was good. And as a consumer, Emerge Church always met my needs. But my life became different when I was, when I was no longer a consumer and I was changed to become a contributor. And, and the scripture says, it says, it shall be different with you. It shall be different with you. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us as the church. Yes, we're going to serve. Yes, we're going to give. Yes, we're going to love. Yes, we're going to encourage. And that's all great. We're going to do wonderful things because we have the authority. He has plans and they will prosper. That is true. But so often... What we miss out on is the difference that happens in you. See, it will be different with you. And, 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 and quite frankly, I think we've got enough of the same, yeah. right? Like at, at this time, and, and, and what's brought us to this time is the same. We've got enough of the same job. We've got enough of the same hobbies. We've got enough of the same habits. We've got enough of the same social interactions. But it's time for it to be different. It's time for change. A lot of times we hear the word repentance and it like, you know, it's, it's not how we speak today so it doesn't register. Repentance just means change. Repentance means different. And it shall be different. But the key the key to changing it from same to different, from old to new, is serving. It's serving. And my prayer that every person that comes to this church would get off of the sidelines and get into the game and begin to serve. Whatever you do, it was given to you for a reason. Maybe you've got talent. Maybe you've got lots of time. Maybe you've got lots of money. Whatever you've got, it was given to you. And the only appropriate response to something that has been given to you is to give it to someone else. It's called sowing. There is an eternal, there is an eternal principle that resides over the earth, and it's the principle of sowing and reaping. It's not just for the church. It's an eternal principle. It applies to all. If you sow, you shall reap. What you sow, you shall reap. And Jesus even said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And the harvest is not only out there. The harvest is in here. And you shall be different. So Matthew 20 is the prayer that I have for our church. God, I pray that this year, year 2023, that your words will reign true in our life, that it shall be different. Because even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And we are your representatives. 
We, <laughs> he said that to his disciples. He's saying it to us. We shall represent him to the people at this time and this generation, and it shall be different. So, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, come. We invite you into this church. We invite you into our hearts. Give us the courage. Give us the audacity. Give us the boldness. Whatever it is, we have a little, but with our little, you can do so much. Lord, I pray that in 2023, the members of Emerge Church would be a church that serves, and we would be different, and we would make a difference. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Wow. Man, y'all getting it today. I just pre- that's just two of them. Man, feeling good about this. I'm glad I glad we did this, man. All right. So next up is going to be our youth, our youth pastor, Nick Newton. Come on, big Nick. Come on, Nick. How long has it been? Almost seven months y'all have been here with us now. Youth group is growing. All kinds of kids showing up. Good things are happening. And Nick's pretty excited about speaking today. Are you nervous? No, I'm just worried about using slang, like all the youth slang. <laughs> Y'all just excuse him. He's a youth pastor, all right? You fired up, though? Oh, yeah, dude. Listen. Are you going to bring it? Oh, yeah, come on, man. Let's all right. He's like, you're taking my time, man. Let's go. Start the clock. I just want to end. No, all right. Hey, y'all, here's Nick Newton. Man. What's up, church? Man, I'm excited. Listen, my one prayer for Emerge Church is that we would center our lives on the presence of God. All right, now listen, this is what I know. God's presence isn't just powerful, okay? It's personal, okay? This is what I know. It's the presence of God that's healing marriages. This is, it's the presence of God that's transforming our families. It's the presence of God that's healing diseases, and, and it, it brings lost people to be found. And this is what I know. It's so important this morning that we understand the presence of God not only allows us to see what God has done in our life at Emerge Church, the presence of God is what allows us to look forward and to trust and to know on what God's going to do, not just in our church, but in our life. Y'all with me this morning? Listen, the presence of God is so important because this is what I want you to know. What would our life really look like if we centered our life on the presence of God? What would our life really look like if we stopped and we focused on the presence of God? See, this is the thing. I love that one of our core values is the best is yet to come because it embodies who we are, that the best is yet to come. But honestly, there's a lot of people in here this morning, and we really struggle with this thought because what we do is we place a period where the Lord placed a comma, okay? And that... When we thought God was done writing our story, the author of life was just finishing up a chapter. And this is what happens. We think that the best days are behind us. We think that God's pushed us to the side and he wrote us off. And God says, I ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. You have to understand that the best is yet to come for us. And we have to know that this happens when we put the presence of God at the center of our life because his presence is here this morning. Like as the people of Emerge Church, we can't just focus on the past 11 years of Emerge Church. We can't just focus on where we've been. We have to know where God is leading us. This is why the presence of God is so important, not just in church, but in our life. Here's the thing. I love... There's a pastor out in Arizona. His name is Preston Morrison, and he has this quote, and he said this. He said, resumes tell you where I've been. 
but you can't define my life on where I've been. If you want to study my life, look at where his presence is leading me. Because the requirement, watch this, the requirement is more important than the resume. Because what's required of me is where God goes, we go. You catch up this morning? Look, where God goes, we go. This is why this is so important. The best thing about God's presence in our life is that wherever God is, He's already there. There's not a place, there's not a place, there's not a thing the enemy can do against you because God has already prepared the way. Pastor Wade says it all the time. He pulls up a seat at the table and he says, I want you to sit right beside me. Like, here's the thing, man. Where we go, God goes. It's why we have to have the presence of God in our life more than a Sunday morning. We need the presence of God with us everywhere we go. It's why I love Exodus 33, 15. See, in Exodus, Moses is with God. And Moses looks, and Moses is with God. And he says, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Listen, man, when we're able to stop and say, God, don't send me there if your presence isn't there. When the center of our life is focused on the presence of God over the money in our bank account. When the center of our life is focused on the presence of God over the diagnosis from the doctor. When the center of our life is focused on the presence of God over the problems in our marriage. When the center of our life is focused on the presence of God over the problems in our workplace. This is what, it doesn't just change what we do. It changes who we are. Because what we're doing is when we say, Lord, don't send me there unless you are there. What we are doing is we are understanding that we are trusting the way. Because this is what happens. When he prepares the way, we can trust the way. When He prepares the way, we can trust the way. I just want to ask you, what would our life look like if we focused and centered our life on the presence of God? Like, what would our relationship with our spouses look like? How would we lead our children? How would we walk into work every single day that when we stopped worrying about the sky falling and everything around us tearing apart, if we had the center of God's presence in our life, what would our life look like? That when God said, go, we followed. That when God said, took a step, we stepped out. That when God said, jump, we leapt. Because here's the thing, where our God is going, it's greater, it's better, it's bigger than anything we can imagine, even when we can't see it, even when we can't hear it, even when we can't understand it. So this morning, let's lean in. Let's press in to where God is taking us because the best is yet to come for Emerge Church, but the best is yet to come for our life with Him because where He goes, we go. So God, right now, I just pray that we become people that center our life on your presence, that we don't go a single step without you in front of us, that we know your presence is preparing the way, and because of that, we can trust the way. So God, I pray over every single person that they value and they cherish your presence as they live out the plan that you've called them to live. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I thought he was about to do a mic drop. I did, man. I did. I thought you, Nick, I thought you were about to do a mic drop, man. Yeah. It's getting fired up in here. Am I right? Come on. Let's go. Well, next up is Miss Jessica Cherry. She leads our, yeah. 
She leads our guest services and oversees our small groups. And uh, a couple of months ago, she came to me and she said, I want to speak. Yes, you did. And so... And so this morning she gets to speak to you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, here's Miss Jessica Cherry. Lion in God's house. Okay. I'm over 40. I have a piece of paper and some water. So, good morning. Um, my number one prayer for our church is that we go all in. Um, and I think, you know, we all see it everywhere, all around us. There's hurting. There's brokenness. There's people that need Jesus. And and so my prayer is that we go all in and follow everything that God has for us because God uses people to do his plans. And so it's up to us to help those hurting people, to help those broken people. So let me give you an idea how I think that might could happen for us. How do we go all in? The first thing is to come to church. And so way to go. Y'all are ahead of the curve. You're here today. I know. Applause for everyone. Good job. Um, but I know that Something happened in my life and in my family's life when church wasn't an option anymore, when it wasn't something that we said, mm, are we going to do this today or not? Um, it's just something we do. We come to church on Sunday, and being in God's house and being around the people in God's house makes a difference. It not just makes a difference in your life, though, it makes a difference in someone else's life. So what if God has you here to help someone else get closer to him? It might not be about you. It might be about them. And so I've heard people say, you know, I, I've, I've heard all the sermons. I know all the scripture. Uh, you know, I don't need to go to church. And you, that might be true. You might know all the sermons. You might know all the scripture. But what if God's going to use you to bring someone else to Jesus? What if it's someone in your family? What if it's your kid? What if it's your mom? What if it's the person sitting next to you? Would it be worth it for you to show up and come then? I hope it is because someone came and invited me to church and it made a difference in my life. And so my prayer for you is that you go all in and come to church. The word says, Psalms 92 says that when we're transplanted in the Lord's own house, that we'll flourish in the courts of God. So I'm praying you flourish this year in God's house. Another reason, another thing I think we could do to get involved at church, and I love that Benjamin and I, Holy Spirit, is on, we're, we're tracking on the same level, is that you can serve. It makes a difference to get involved and serve. Um, serving is really at the core of who we are as Christians. And like, and like Benjamin said, Jesus, even Jesus said he came to, to serve, not, uh, he came to serve, not to be served. And so that's kind of the litmus test for all of us to walk in that and serve. It makes a difference and it changes. And I can tell you in my life and in my family's life, when we started serving, when we got involved, God did big things in our lives. He did things in our relationships with him. And I don't think that would have happened without getting involved in serving. Um, you know, it, serving has changed who I am as a person. And it showed me what God's call is on my life. My call is to serve others. That's what I'm here to do. And, and I'm happy to do it, and I'm happy I get the opportunity to do it, but I'm telling you it changes your life. And we're not just trying to drum up volunteers here. That's not what we're trying to do. But I know it made a difference in my life, and so my prayer is that it will make a difference in your life to get involved and serve. Shout out, Miss Bonnie is working at the Connect Desk today. She'd love to help you get signed up to serve. Go back and see her after after the message. Um, Shameless plug. Um, and then the last thing I think you can do to go all in is tithe. And I know tithing is a biblical principle. This is something that we know that we're supposed to do. So that should make us just do it, right? 
but that's not how it worked for me. It's not how it worked for my family. Um, w- tithing um, is just giving God back part of the blessing that he's already given you. And so it's really trusting him to provide everything you need. And I know that it seems scary to give away 10% of the money that you have coming in because I don't know about you, I don't go to work for fun. I go for a paycheck. And and I love the people I work with, but if I didn't get paid, I would not go there. And some of those people are sitting in the room. I love you so much, but I would not go if I wasn't getting paid. We have plans for that money, right? There's bills we have to pay. There's food we have to buy. There's a mortgage. There's rent. There's tuition. There's all of that. But we trust God. And, and so I can tell you from experience that giving that money to God has blessed us in ways that we didn't imagine. Yes. Um, tithing not ju- doesn't just change us, but this is how, remember I talked about how we see the hurting, we see the broken. Our church helps people who are hurting. Our church helps people who are broken. And so your tithe does that not just in our house, not just for you all, but that does it for people in our community. That does it for people around the world in missions. And so trust God Give him what's his, and I promise he will richly bless you. And I'm telling you, it's not, he's not just going to give you back what you gave. It's going to be more. It's, it's beyond anything that you can think. And so our obedience was blessed, and I know your obedience will be blessed too. I'm standing up here telling you these things not to pretend that I'm perfect. I'm for sure not. Um, Ask my husband. I know he's here somewhere. He will absolutely tell you I'm far from it. I fall short every single day. I mess up even when I'm trying not to mess up. But I'm telling you that these things changed my life. And I know it will change your life too. So my my scripture is out of Revelations. Fun fun times. Um, Revelations 3, 15, and 16. It says, I know the things that you do that are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you were like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Your life is too big. The call on your life is too important for you to sit on the sidelines and just check a box. I'll come to church three times a year because grandma said I had to. God has a plan for your life. And if you don't walk in that, somebody, God will put that on someone else's life. He will skip over you. And so my prayer for you is that you go all in this year, make it different so you can walk in the blessings, the promises, the, the joy, the pay, all the good things that God has for you. It's coming when you're all in. Amen. I'm glad we got Jessica to speak today, man. Woo. Come on, man. Got some preachers up in this place. Am I right? And make sure you go see Miss Bonnie after at the hub. Okay. <laughs> Next up is Catherine Boyd. This is Benjamin's wife. Catherine plays the drums. Isn't she a really good drummer, y'all? No, man. From one drummer to another, I'm telling you, she's good. She's really good. But I also know she can speak the word of the Lord. And so she's going to wrap us up with our five for five today. Thank you, Wade. So, guys, we've already heard some amazing things. We could take these four principles and prayers and apply it all year, and we'd be good. But before we wrap up and go get some king cake, I'm going to offer one last prayer, just a few minutes. My one prayer for Emerge Church this year is that we would be holy. And when you hear holy, that can be a little off-putting at 
best, scary at worst. But I want to break it down for a second because holy isn't external. It's on the inside. So when you think of holy, I want you to think about what Pastor Wade broke down for us over his his last sermon series. He taught us that the Holy Spirit's job is to make us holy. Jesus told us, guys, I'm going to send a helper. And you don't, have to, you don't have to take notes. You can take notes. Probably be helpful. But he's going to come tell you what I said. Okay? So your job, my job, it's not to come up with it. It's not to create a system that looks good. That's what Jesus spoke against. He said, if you love me, put this on the screen. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You'll actually do what I'm going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, the, the voice on the inside. That's me. If you obey me, that's how you show the world that you love me. And <laughs> that's how you're holy. We can't be holy. Jess just said it. Over the, the course of our 21 days of fasting and prayer, the Lord over and over, as I would come to him, would say, be holy, be holy. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not holy, but be holy. And it kept going. And it kept going day after day. Be holy. Be holy. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I'll be holy, but I need you. And guys, that's the point. That's the point in Merge Church. We can't do this. If our core value, one of our core values is that it's all about Jesus, then we will obey his commands. So what does that look like? It looks like this. I'm here to serve. I'm all in. I know I'm adopted, but now because of all those things, I'm going to choose to obey the lover of my soul. So when he says, you may not argue and complain, I may not, but I do. We do because we're in fleshly bodies, but that's the point that's the point. We need him to make us holy. So not only is holiness important because Jesus said um, to do it, and it's how we show him that we love him. Here's where it gets real, okay? Here's where it gets in your house, in my house, in your work, and in your marriage, and in your school. Here's where it gets real. Put that next verse up, guys. This, this verse I ran across on the fast And the holiness, the invitation to just be holy, be holy, be holy. This is where it just sort of came together for me. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. I can't see the rest. (laughs) Y'all can put that up. That would be helpful. Um, Okay, sorry. Without holiness, and here it is, no one will see the Lord. And what that spoke to me is that if we sign up, if I sign up to drum, but I complain at rehearsal, no one sees the Lord. If I'm up here to preach to you today and I walk off this stage and I embitter my children with how I treat them, no one sees the Lord. So here's our option to merge, church family. We can give Tallahassee, we can give our workplace a lot of me and a lot of sin, or we can get out of the way. And get in his commandments. Read his word. And whatever he nudges you to do, just do it. 
that's how we become holy. And I would imagine he would nudge us to serve. I would imagine he would invite us to be all in. I would imagine he would invite us and lead us to do a lot of things we heard on the pulpit. But guys, our job isn't to know it. It's just to obey it. It's just to do it. So my one prayer for our church, because guys, the world needs the most high God. There's no other way that the world's going to see it except through his people. But if we will get out of the way and love him through our obedience to his commands, the world can see who the most high God is. So that's my one prayer for Emerge Church, that we would be holy so the world can see who the Lord is. My Lord and my God. That's some incredible stuff, y'all. Come on, didn't they do incredible today? Just sharing the word. This morning when I was praying, preparing for service today, um, I had some things prepared that I wanted to say. And we were in staff prayer. And uh, everything I prepared to say to you, was for our staff and not for you. And I was like, Lord, what am I telling them? And um, the Lord brought me back to day one when we started this church. And there was a verse of scripture that I read that I want to read to you today. It's out of Galatians chapter 3. It says, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Watch this. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Looking forward to what lies ahead. I want to say that again. Looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And reading this verse today, I can remember that exact moment in that high school cafeteria, Child's High School, reading this verse, and so scared about the future. Seriously. So uncertain if this was going to work taking the big risk and bringing a bunch of people along and saying, it's going to work. And today, here we are celebrating 11 years. And the tendency is to look back, celebrating the last 11 years. But the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, it's not about celebrating the last 11 years. It's about celebrating the next 11 years. And there's two words, look forward. Look forward. That's a word I want to speak over you today is to look forward. We're so busy looking down and looking back. All of us can tell what's wrong in the world. All of us can say the world's falling apart. All of us can look back and talk about how good the days used to be. But it takes faith to look forward. It takes the fire of God to look forward. It takes Jesus. It takes the Holy Spirit to look forward and say, the best is still yet to come. And today, as a church, 
We're not looking back, trying to get the church back to what it used to be at one point in time. We're trying to move the church forward into what God wants us to be in this time today. We're not trying to get back to normal. We're trying to move ahead into who God wants us to be in this season, in this year, in this time. We're not trying to recapture a revival that happened a hundred years ago. We're pressing forward to the revival that God wants to do right now with hungry hearts come on with praying mouths for for us to realize this isn't about what it used to be but it's God what can it be what can it be and I realize this it's so easy to become sentimental about our history but God didn't call us to be sentimental he called us to be spiritual he said we could be spirit-filled And we can be spirit-led. And being spirit-filled and spirit-led is what leads us into what he has for us. And better yet, who he wants us to be. Can I say this to you, church? God isn't through. Amen. God isn't through with you. God isn't through with this church. The last 11 years have been great because it's been a season of faithfulness. But I heard the Lord today tell me, now it's a season of fruitfulness. And you don't stop being faithful because it's fruitful. You continue to be faithful. You continue, continue, and God will cause it to be fruitful. When we say the best is yet to come, this isn't a slogan. This is what we believe. It's what I believe. I didn't steal it from a campaign. It was here before then, I promise you. But it's something I believe down in my soul. That God's best for us is coming. God's best for you is still coming. It's going to look different. I'm so glad you said that. It's going to look different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we're not. And can I tell you, you're not supposed to be. This church has changed through 11 years. Because we've changed. And we're not through changing. But the God we serve is still the same. Why don't you stand to your feet today? They shared their one prayer. But my one prayer for our church is simply this. That our church will look like Jesus. That it will feel like Jesus. It will sound like Jesus. And we'll have a heart for Jesus. We'll have a heart like Jesus. We'll have compassion like Jesus. We'll serve like Jesus. We'll have authority in Jesus' name. Amen? We'll see miracles in Jesus' name. We'll see restoration in Jesus' name. But it always points back Jesus, we need you. Hands raised all across this room today. God, 11 years has been fantastic. But we're not looking back. We're looking forward. Because there are souls yet to be saved. There are sons and daughters yet to come back home to Jesus. There are family members that don't know you yet, but they're coming. For those who are to come today in advance... We give you praise now 
for that day whenever they come to know you, for that day when they step into that water baptism tank and go public with their faith. Right now, today, God, we give you praise for what is to come, for that marriage that will be restored. We're giving you praise in advance. For those kids that will serve you, we're giving you praise in advance. For that man and that woman to answer the call of God, we're giving you praise in advance today. For the, for the building that you have for us, we give you praise in advance today, Father. For the locations that you have for us, we give you praise in advance. For the sons and daughters that you're raising up in this house, we give you praise in advance, Father. We give you praise in advance before it happens. We're thankful for what you have done, but our praise isn't based on results, Father. It's based on your name. It's based on your plan and what is to come. And we give you praise now, Father, for what is to come in the next 11 years, Father. The miracles, the blessings that are coming, Father. We give you praise today for change that will be broken. Freedom for captives in the name of Jesus. We give you praise in advance. Thank you, Lord, that you're not finished with us. You're just getting started. And that's why today we can say the best is yet. To come. Look at your neighbor and tell him that right now. The best is yet to come. So thankful for every person that calls Emerged Church home, for everyone who serves, for everyone who gives. This ain't preacher talk. This is Wade. I cannot believe what I've seen with my eyes. The faithfulness of God. That God would call a little dude from South Louisiana and said, go to the capital city of Florida and start a church and watch what I'll do. And it blows me away every year. It worked. <laughs> blows me away. And I'm thankful that that's how I feel about it. Because I know what it took. I know the people it took. I know the sacrifice. But I know what God has done. And that's what gives me hope to see and look for what God's going to do next. Church, Let's go do this thing, man. Let's celebrate today. But let's go reach some people. Father, I pray blessings over every person here today. I thank you, Father, that you have been faithful. You've been so faithful. But, Father, we know you're not finished. And today, we're going all in on what you've been doing. I pray your blessings over this congregation, over every man, woman, boy, and girl in here. God, not just a word of blessing, but real blessings in their lives. Breakthrough blessings. Healing blessings. Marriage blessings. Mama and daddy raising kids blessings. Come on, college student blessings. Open door blessings. Financial blessings. Career blessings. Kingdom blessings, Father. I pray it over every person here today. That, Father, that we won't just be blessed, but we will walk in blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Let this church shine like a city on a hill so that people will see you. Thank you, Lord, that the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's go eat some king cake and go get you a shirt.